Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. Super excited to have you with us on the show today, a Friday edition of the program. And are we thrilled? Duke and UNC coming your way tomorrow. A full preview with that coming up on today's program. Isaac Shade joins us. He's going to be taking over as our brand new host of Locked On Tar Heels. And uh, yeah, excited to preview the game with Isaac today. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. And also subscribe to our Locked On Blue Devils YouTube page. As starting next week, we'll make the full-time transition over to YouTube. So you want to make sure you go over there and watch each and every day. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen every single day. All right, let's dive right into it. Locked On Blue Devils here today. I want to welcome in Isaac Shade. He's taking over as the new host of Locked On Tar Heels. Also does work for the Sports Illustrated UNC website, a man that knows everything that there is to know about the Tar Heels and giving us the 411 here today. Isaac, how are you? Uh, JJ, I'm great, man. I'm snowed in. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's <laughs> awesome to uh, be able to chat with you. It's awesome to have you be joining the Locked On Podcast Network and family and to take over uh, the Tar Heel Podcast. Uh, you know the rivalry between Duke and UNC, and and for you to sort of make your locked on debut to preview college basketball's greatest game, I think this is a this is just the way we had to do it. Absolutely, there's no other way. I'd rather have it. So glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, looking forward to it. All right, so let's talk a little bit about UNC basketball and how we've got to where we're at this season and. Uh, obviously, it starts in the offseason. It starts back on April Fool's Day uh, of 2021 when, when Roy Williams makes the announcement that he's going to retire and walk away from basketball. Uh, kind of talk me through where were you, Isaac, when that happened and uh, sort of how we got to Hubert Davis. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually sitting in my office, April Fool's Day, as you said, and so along with everyone else, um, no idea this was coming. Uh, I had like this little inkling. I don't know if you remember at the end of uh, a game last year, coach Williams kissed the Smith center court as he walked up. It was after right. the, the Duke uh, Carolina game there in Chapel Hill. And everyone was, I remember in post game, we were all trying to kind of get something out of him about it. And he's really coy, really cagey, but there's like, you don't, you don't just kiss a basketball court when you walk <laughs> off. And uh, his, his uh, response to it was that the Smith Center had been really good to the Tar Heels last year, which, which it had. But uh, that, that was always lingering. But still, you don't expect out of the blue Roy Williams to retire. And so um, I was just as caught off guard as everybody. I was actually getting ready to teach a class. Um, I, I teach some college classes. And so I, I think I canceled my class because I was like, I, I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> it was awesome. So. Um, immediately though, you know, how the, the news cycle goes, everybody goes into, okay, who's next? How, how do, how do we honor Roy Williams? But how do we quickly turn and look ahead? Because in college athletics, if, if you're not getting ahead on recruiting and have your plans in place, you're losing people. And so uh, that was a machine that had to roll into high gear. 
And so why is Hubert Davis the choice? How, how do we get to Hubert Davis? Obviously knowing that you've got to go as quick as possible. Yeah. Great question. So they're obviously at, at a place like Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or Kentucky, any of these blue bloods, you're going to do the very best you can. And so there undoubtedly there was a national search, you know, there were names like Mark Fugue and, and others tossed around, which he's not leaving Gonzaga <laughs> or anywhere. I don't think, and he shouldn't. Um, but um, I think that Roy Williams wanted Hubert Davis all along. We it's come out um, that that was his choice and his um, person that he suggested to the Carolina administration, to um, AD Bubba Cunningham. And, and uh, so just given his background, Hubert Davis of, of being a Tar Heel playing for coach Dean Smith of being one of the best three point shooters ever in the NBA of having worked at ESPN and having that cachet and then having been on the coaching staff for several years now, um, it was just a natural fit. I, I think for most um, beat writers and other people in the Tar Heel nation, it came down to probably either him or Wes Miller. And uh, it's just, even though Wes Miller had head coaching experience and Hubert Davis didn't yet, um, ultimately, uh, Hubert Davis was just the right fit right now, more life experience. And, and so that, that was the landing spot. And when coach Williams makes this suggestion on the way out, uh, just like with coach K and, and John Shire, it's the way to go. So, yeah, there's something yeah. to be said for the coaches that are already on the staff as it stands. And while Wes Miller is in the family, while you look at the Duke coaching search and someone's name like Tommy Amaker at Harvard was brought up and is a part of the brotherhood Something to be said for already being on the staff, already knowing the recruiting plans moving forward. And obviously, Coach K doing it a little different, knowing that the final year is coming and having this sort of coach and waiting title as we speak. Uh, but uh, no, it's interesting to, to have this big transition. And now we're getting ready for tomorrow's game. Again, college basketball's finest rivalry. And for the first time in forever, Roy Williams is not going to be on the sidelines opposite. Mike Krzyzewski and what's going to be his final trip inside the Dean Smith Center, a six o'clock Eastern start on ESPN uh, per usual with that one. So uh, looking at Coach K's final trip in, and then we'll get more into the team specific things. Everyone wants to know how he's going to be received. What's that's going to be like? I've been asked about that since, you know, we learned that Coach K was going to be walking away. And then what's the setting going to be like in the last game of the year at Cameron Indoor? versus the Tar Heels. And every single time, Isaac, I have the same answer. I have no idea. We've never experienced anything like this. And that's why I'm so jazzed to see what it's going to be like. Yeah. I, it's funny. You know, we had that game earlier this week where Chris Beard had to go back to Texas tech and that was just straight up vitriol, like yes. <laughs> rolling in with like this whole detail of security. Uh, and so thankfully this isn't anything like that, but it is going to be hype and crazy. Um, my understanding is that uh, Carolina hasn't done any like big overtures, but that they will certainly mention uh, it pregame. I don't know the specifics yet of what that will look like. Um, I imagine like for me, uh, I am a lifelong Carolina fan, um, but who loves this rivalry, someone who respects Coach K, who's always done it right. And so I think for a lot of Tarf Heel fans, that's probably how they feel of, man, I want to beat this guy so bad, but I have respect for him. You know, we, we've never nationally really heard any hints uh, of impropriety or anything that so many of these other coaches around the country 
are struggling with right now. Uh, and people tried to stir up stuff with Zion, but come on. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, and so I think there is this very deep seated respect in the same way, uh, that Duke fans would probably have for coach Smith or coach Williams. And, you know, that that's part of what makes this rivalry so incredible is that, uh, there, there is a respect back and forth. And so I think he will be well-received with it. I, I hope he is well-received with it. I should say. Yeah. 42 years at one place for Mike Krzyzewski and a number of different battles uh, with Duke and UNC. And yeah, this has been my whole lifetime pretty much with, with coach K on the sidelines at 26 years old. And for so many other Duke people out there in the world, that is all, you know, and you talk about uh, the game coming up on Saturday, Jay Billis will have the call for ESPN. He played for the same coach that is once again, coaching in the game and Jay Bill has played forever ago. The dude is ancient at this point in the basketball world. So uh, that's always a, a fun sort of aspect to look at. All right, Duke and UNC coming up tomorrow. Let's take a quick break and we'll talk more about the game on the other side. Hey, Duke fans, this is JJ Jackson with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. I'm talking about get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, you just need to download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now using our promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Make sure you get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free. Use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime to your bank account. PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app, use promo code SCORE, and you're off and running. I want to tell you about our friends now over at Bet Online, one of our proud sponsors. There might be less football being played right now, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scored points to totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. For sports, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is the number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing on here, a Friday edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. J.J. Jackson here, thrilled to be joined by Isaac Shade. Once again, he's taking over as our new host of the Lockdown Tar Heels podcast. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter, follow Isaac on social media and go subscribe. We need subscribers and listens here within the podcast network. So find the locked on Tar Heels feed and make sure you take care of that. All right. So I could give the records for people and I will right here with Duke <laughs> being number nine in the country, 18 and three on the season, UNC 16 and six overall, both teams uh, solid standing in the ACC. But anytime this game is played, you throw the records out of the window. It does not matter. That's what makes the rivalry incredible. Why do you think it's always that way, Isaac? Because these these guys know each other. They play together. They live less than yeah. <laughs> 10 miles apart. Uh, there's just and, – and I know that's true of, of all rivalries around the nation. And I think part of it is just because when you get so amped up for a huge game like this, I know they try to say, hey, it's just any other game. But we all know it's not just any other game. This is the game they've all been circling on their calendars and looking forward to. 
this one here at the midway point of the conference schedule and the one at the end of the regular season, both of those matchups every year. And so when you get in that environment where, where the crowd is crazy, everybody is amped up. People are probably going a little too hard. There, there's emotions driven into it, especially this year with all uh, everything with new coaches, with coach Davis and, and coach K leaving after this year. Uh, you throw the records out because anything can happen. We could have shoes blowing out. We could have yeah. <laughs> you know, random tipped in uh, missed free throws at the end of the end of regular. Who knows what's going to unfurl. And uh, that's just what makes rivalry so great. Yeah. Too many epic battles over the years in this rivalry, as you said, with the trip to Chapel Hill here this weekend, uh, Duke is celebrating 10 years since the Austin river shot at the buzzer which one is just amazing. We've gotten all the way to uh, a decade out from that one, but that had the weird Tyler Zeller tipping the ball into his own basket play and a crazy comeback that even set up the opportunity for Austin Rivers to make a shot like that. And there are equally just as many awesome plays that have happened from the UNC side of things, from the Carolina side of things in the rivalry as well, that all these years later, we still remember to the finest of details how everything played out. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so insane. Uh, like I, that Austin Rivers game, for example, I remember just where I was. I, I had just gotten home from Wednesday night church. Uh, I was, I was leading some songs for a high school group and I got home. I had, I had DVR'd the game. I watched it. And, and as a Carolina fan, I, I wasn't in uh, sports writing or journalism right. or anything yet. And so I was just enjoying it as a fan at that point. And I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome. Austin Rivers is going down because he, for people who don't remember, he had been super hyped, you know, that, and I know his NBA career has just been solid, nothing right. spectacular, but goodness gracious. It was like, oh, oh man, we're about to knock Austin Rivers off. And then as soon as you mentioned Tyler Zeller, that's who got switched on to Austin Rivers. Right. And I can envision his outstretched arm. He just backed off, yeah. uh, put his hands down. And I was like, no, he's about to hit this. You know, it, it had that same feeling of Chris Jenkins national championship winning three. Just knew it was going in as soon as he let go. So, yeah. Oh, dagger. dagger I know. So many great <laughs> memories over the years from the Duke side of things and uh, North Carolina as well. You mentioned the, uh, the shot that uh, Wendell Moore Jr. had, who's a junior now going to play in the Dean Dome for – uh, the third time in his career, just the second time kind of at full capacity with a, a rowdy crowd going and that sort of thing. And uh, the last time, obviously, his freshman year, he grabs the miss and lays it in as time expires and Duke celebrates another walk-off winner uh, versus UNC. I found this nugget interesting uh, earlier in the week. From 2004 until 2019, North Carolina has been unranked in just five of the 36 head-to-head -head games against Duke. This Saturday will mark the fifth consecutive game of the rivalry that Carolina enters as an unranked team. So shows you kind of the fall off that Roy Williams was starting to have within the program. The last time Duke was unranked in five consecutive Duke and UNC games, you have to go all the way back to 1982 and 1984. Coach K <laughs> never had a run it, that's before Coach K to let people know this guy had never had a crazy run where uh, his team was always the underdog. Man, uh, yeah, that's it, it's very strange to see how things fell off towards the end there uh, for Coach Williams. I, I think just to be to be fair, he 
struggled to uh, update to a more modernized uh, basketball lineup and roster. And, and for Duke fans who haven't seen Carolina yet this year, um, that's a big switch that coach Davis has made um, is to switch away from that two big lineup to go to a more modern four around one with uh, Brady Manick chiefly serving as that stretch for this year. And so, excuse me, uh, it, it is so strange to see how, how that progression fell for coach Williams and all the more impressive that coach K has never had uh, a stretch of, of that kind where uh, the blue devils have fallen off uh, to, to maintain that level of consistency with relying on 18 to 22 year olds year in and year out is, is something to be well said for a coach. Really impressive. No doubt about that. All right. We're talking about the Duke and North Carolina game on the other side of our final break. We got to get down to the nuts and bolts of this matchup. What to expect out of the Tar Heels, what to expect from the Duke Blue Devils coming up in just a moment here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is so amazing. You've got to make it a part of your everyday routine. Built Bar is the number one morning bar that you could have. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is all about getting fit or eating healthier, you've got to make Built Bar a part of your plan. A protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's so easy to uh, consume. It tastes great. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and it's still good for you. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Really, really the best option compared to the normal candy bars that you might come across. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment here today on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast, getting ready for Duke and UNC coming up tomorrow. J.J. Jackson with Isaac Shade. He's on Twitter at Isaac Shade and taking over as the newest host for the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. We've got a really good squad being put together within our Locked On ACC family. Candace Cooper, the former Tar Heel swimmer, used to host the show, now hosting Locked On ACC for us, and Isaac Shade sliding right into that world. We've got some UNC listeners that are listening to our preview right now. Isaac, why are you so excited to take over the podcast, and uh, what's your kind of vision? What can people expect from Locked On Tar Heels? Oh, man, I just love college sports period. I think it's so cool the way that it can bring people together, whether it's a Saturday and and everyone tailgating or sitting around with their chili or whatever they're doing, or uh, like these cold midwinter weekends when we get games like this that we're about to experience. Uh, I love how sports can do that. And I love getting to be the voice of helping people learn how to engage in that hear the stories of players and their families and coaches. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity to bring all those stories to people's eyes and ears. I'm excited to listen to what the show is going to look like from the Locked on Tar Heels perspective. And we'll kind of be able to double air our conversation for the second go around in March uh, when we really get ready for uh, the, the return trip to Cameron Indoor Stadium for what will be Mike Krzyzewski's final game inside Cameron Indoor. All right, so getting into Saturday's game, Duke played on Monday this week against Notre Dame and won that game 57-43, to a uh, not-the-best basketball game to watch. Offense 
Uh, people didn't know what that was in that game for uh, both teams, but Duke walks away with a win. They've now got the outright lead in the ACC at 8-2 and two overall on the season. North Carolina 8-3 and three in the conference play. And earlier this week on Tuesday, they had an overtime game against Louisville, a team that Duke saw last Saturday. Uh, so they're very familiar with as of late, both games being played on the road at Louisville. But at 8-3 and three in conference play, kind of where is North Carolina right now uh, in terms of what you've seen, Isaac? Yeah, great question. Well, it's crazy to me that it's in a position where if Carolina wins this game and a couple other teams at the top hold serve on Saturday, there's like a three or four way tie for first in the conference. No doubt. Carolina has been uh, struggling. They had a double digit lead in that game against Louisville this week. Let it slip away. The Cardinals hit about four threes in a row down the stretch. And Carolina had to rely on some dubious officiating in overtime to, to get that win. Part of the issue is that Carolina has had a little bit of attrition on their roster. Lost Anthony Harris uh, a few weeks ago, who is a key reserve. Is done for the season. Um, reasons unknown or unspecified in the public sphere. Dawson Garcia, who is a transfer in from Marquette with right. the starting lineup. And it's uncertain if when he will return to the lineup and, and to Chapel Hill. And so Carolina has been uh, rolling with a rotation of just about seven. Uh, they've got some talented freshmen on the bench who aren't playing. And uh, for people who are familiar with coach Williams, he, he would roll out nine, 10, 11 players in any given game. And so uh, Carolina is pretty much rolling with uh, this lineup of just seven. And uh, most of that, most of the production is coming from Armando Baycott, um, who is, it's his third year in Carolina. His same year as Wendell Moore. And so people are probably familiar with him. Uh, he is just behind Oscar Shibway in the nation in terms of double doubles, just gobbling up rebounds yeah. left and right. So really excited to see he and Mark Williams go at it tomorrow. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And then also Carolina's guards, uh, whereas uh, Carolina hasn't been uh, embraced the three-point shooting of the modern times. Under Hubert Davis, they really have. And we're getting a lot of that from Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, who is the starting backcourt, as well as Brady Manick, who I referenced earlier as the stretch four. And then the defensive stopper is Leaky Black, who starts at the three. Uh, really curious to see what the matchups are there. Um, seems like Duke has a big advantage in matchups, and uh, Bancaro is going to be a problem, yeah. as he always is. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of fun with the rivalry, uh, Isaac. And, and in a way, it's it's – Better this year, knowing that, that Duke does have a number of uh, experienced players, like I mentioned, Wendell Moore Jr. having played in the, the rivalry uh, a number of years. It'll be the second go-around for Mark Williams and Jeremy Roach. On the Duke side of things, Joey Baker, a senior, uh, gets plenty of run for Duke. And that's the thing about the Duke-UNC series as well. Is, and you're, you always have your eye on the opposition, right? And so going into the game, North Carolina fans probably know a little more about Duke than they might even like, you know, and, and Duke fans the same way because you are so, okay, we really want them to lose their games. I need to know who these players are and that sort of thing. And so we're going to see the likes of uh, Brady Manick make his debut 
here in the series for Duke. Theo John, a graduate transfer coming over from Marquette. Would have been cool to have uh, the reunion there with him and Dawson Garcia if Garcia were able to play that one. But uh, should be a fun matchup coming for both of these teams. So uh, really looking forward to it, Isaac. And uh, how are you feeling? Like North Carolina will win this game if what happens, in your opinion? Uh, North Carolina wins this game if they can hit 12 or more three-pointers is, is my thought. The, <clears throat> I think the, the size and athleticism at the two through four spots for Duke is just something that Carolina is not going to be able to match up with, uh, especially if Keels is – I'm not sure where his health is at. Right. But, man, if, if he's in and going, I just – I don't see uh, Carolina being able to match up in, in some of those matchups. But if, if uh, Baycott can take advantage of what he's been doing all season with his scoring and rebounding, um, but I think the key is hitting uh, from outside. Caleb Love has had in, in last year, he's a sophomore this year, in his freshman season, he averaged 21 and, uh, and a half points and seven assists in the two Duke games, where for his career, he averages like 3.6 assists. And yeah. so if he can have that level of production again, uh, I think that would be huge for Carolina. That goes to show the rivalry that Caleb Love wants to play his best games of the year in those moments. I know that this season we've seen a, a much smaller role for Kerwin Walton on the UNC side of things, but even Kerwin last year, it felt like some of his biggest games were against Duke. And you talk about shooting from the outside. If someone like him can get going, I, I think that is a little bit of a concern for the Duke team. Yeah, absolutely. Kerwin, as you said, has really fallen off this year. I don't, I don't know if it's more of a confidence issue. Um, I know part of it is his defense is lacking. Sure. Um, and so that I, I know coach Davis has put a, a huge emphasis on, on defense leading to playing time. Um, and so, yes, uh, that could be a big wild card similar with leaky black. He's not much of a shooter, but has hit a three and four straight games now. And so we're starting to see some of that confidence coming through as well. Going to be a fun one. Going to be a fun one tomorrow. Duke and UNC, 6 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Again, you've been uh, listening to myself, J.J. Jackson, Locked On Blue Devils, and the Locked On Tar Heels host, Isaac Shade. A little crossover edition here. Isaac, thanks for the time today. Enjoy the game, and we'll do this again soon, okay? Awesome. Sounds good, J.J. Thanks so much for having me. That is Isaac Shade. He's joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Fun conversation. Can't wait to get this game going. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day.